And my topic is the death of the righteous, the death of the righteous. And let me say this, uh, God people have a lot of enemies, but none of them will, be, will overcome them. We're going to overcome all of them. We've been a victim of will and have been amazed at how emaciated his body was, what a terrible shape he got into. Just, just awful, really. And it, it looked like death had won, but you know, death had not won. Death's not going to win over, over any of God's children. And some of these days, we'll come make fun of death. He's going to taunt death, and you will too. Let me read you that over in 1 Corinthians 15. It looks like death had won, but it had not won. The story had not been told yet. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 15. And some of these days, we'll be making fun of death, and we will also do that. So I'll start here in verse 54 of the 1 Corinthians chapter 15. For when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that's written, death is swallowed up in victory. And here's the song we're going to sing someday, and you will too. O death, where is thy victory? O grave, where is thy sting? I mean, O, o death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. So thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that will affect the way we live, as I read that last verse. If we live in fear of death, and it looks like death is winning, we're going to be kind of down, but we're not going to be down at all. We get a hold of this, we're going to really have some energy, as we read in verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, much you know your labor and not in vain in the Lord. So I hope and pray that we'll all even have more energy to serve God as we observe the death of our precious brother. And I'm going to read to you a minute the context of this, uh, the, the, my, the subject here, uh, the death of the righteous. But I'll say this, the man who wrote about the death of the righteous was an enemy. But no, no enemy of God will be successful. What, what I'm going to read to you in a minute from Numbers. And Balaam, the false prophet, who did a lot of good preaching, by the way, because God made him, uh, he controlled his mouth. And every time he tried to curse God's people, a blessing came out. And I'm telling you, anytime any of your enemies curse you, you'll be blessed. None of the curse will stick. Let's read that from Romans chapter 8. I'm going to read verse 28 through the end of the chapter. We're victorious, friends of Jesus Christ. We're victorious in Jesus Christ. And we need to remember that, to live that way. All right, let's start reading Romans. This is uh, some of our favorite passages, so let's just read some of this. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them which are called according to His purpose. For whom He did foreknow, and that you might say forelove, because there's a knowledge of love. For whom He did foreknow, all, he, he also did predestinate, to be conformed to the image of His Son. And we're going to be in the image of His Son someday. We're getting that way right now. Well, you may not realize it. That's an ongoing process now of sanctification. You're growing in grace whether you realize it or not if you're a child of God. I want to encourage you, grow in grace, cooperate with the Holy Ghost. The older you get, the more sinful you feel because you're more sensitive to sin. But you're getting sanctified. I know you're getting sanctified because Jesus Christ prayed for that in John 17. And God always hears the prayer of His saints. Sanctify them through Thy truth. Thy word is truth. 
Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called them, he also justified. Whom he justified, he also glorified. You like that past tense? We're not glorified yet, but just as good as done, he's also glorified. Okay, here we go. Because we're going to see that Balaam is an enemy. He tried to say something bad about God's people. He couldn't do it. Every time he opened his mouth, good came out. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He has spared not his own son, delivered him up for us all. How shall, he, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? My friend, we got a lot of blessings. You know that? Let's read that again. He has spared not his own son, delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yet rather is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes the intercession for us. I like to do some preaching on all these virtues. Can't do it. Do some reading on this and some meditating. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As written, for thy sake we're killed all the day long, we're counted as sheep of the slaughter. They and all these things were more than conquerors through him that loved us. Now I'm going to read these last two verses, and I love this. I'm persuaded, now that's in the perfect tense. And what the perfect tense is, if you want to look at it, it's a line, a dot, and a line. That means Paul thought about this, that the line came to a subconclusion conclusion that's a permanent conclusion. I am persuaded, I am persuaded, and remain persuaded. I get this. And God hits the worst enemy on the front end. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Death cannot separate will from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. In fact, death is really a blessing. That may sound crazy, it's a blessing. I'll show you about that later. It's a great blessing. So now let's go to our text. Over Numbers chapter 23 and verse 10. And this is Balaam, that Bo Balak, the old king, hired him to come curse Israel. And he tried his best to do it. Tried three times. He got so frustrated every time he tried to curse Israel, blessing came out of his mouth. My friend, that's the truth. You're a child of God, the same with you. We got a lot of enemies. The devil's our enemy. The world's our enemy. Our flesh is our enemy. We got lots of enemies. We'll overcome all of them through the Lord Jesus Christ. Victory belongs to us. Now here, let's, let's read this in Numbers 23.10. Who can count the dust of Jacob and the number of the uh, fourth part of Israel, get this, let me die the death of the righteous, let my last end be like his. I will die the death of the righteous. Now that does, not make, that does not mean he was perfect in himself. He was not. You're not either. Sin brought him down to death, my friend. He's righteous in the sight of God because the imputed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was clothed in a robe of righteousness as if he had never sinned because those sins were taken away on Calvary who his own self bear our sins, his own body on the tree. Isn't that wonderful? My friend, all we like sheep have gone astray. 
We've turned everyone to his own way. The Lord has let on him the iniquity of us all, and the sin is gone. It's abolished. Listen, even death's gone when you get right down to it. He said, Paul said, he had abolished death, had brought life, immortality to light through the gospel. In his, in his essence and ultimate, death had been abolished. For as much as the children being protected of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the thing through death, he might destroy him, had the power of death. That's the devil. We're victorious. The devil's a terrible enemy. He's a victorious. We'll be taunting over him someday too, just like we will death. So let's read that again. Let me die the death of the righteous. Let my last end be like his. And I, old John Gill, I like real Gill. So here's what he says, the end of a righteous man. See if you like this. The end of a righteous man is peace, rest, salvation, and eternal life. I like that, don't y'all? I like that. Let's read it again. What's the end of a righteous man, the death of a righteous man? Peace, rest, salvation, and eternal life. Hallelujah. The death of the righteous. I want to die the death of the righteous, and I think I will, by God's grace. Let's just give a few scriptures. Just read a few scriptures. Psalm 37, 37. Listen, don't, don't dread death. If you're a child of God, don't dread death. I'll quote that verse again. I gave it a little too fast while I go. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. For as much as the children, that's us, are protectors of flesh and blood, that means we're human beings. For as much as the children are protectors of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and to deliver them who through fear of death are a lifetime subject to bondage. If you fear death, you're going to be in bondage. Don't worry about your death when you're going to die. You know how you're going to die. It may be cancer. It may be a car wreck. It may be a heart attack. You don't know when it'll be. Don't worry about that. The Apostle Paul had worried about that. He never could have served God like he did. He had enemies ahead of him uh, uh, after him all the time. He had vicious enemies. He could have kind of holed up in a cave somewhere and been afraid. Don't do that. You know, we may first persecution. Don't let that bother us. Brother Zach, you may have died a martyr's death. So what? That's, they would they really be doing me a favor. I'm kind of like Dwayne Schaefer. I don't know where I agree with him as holy, but I kind of, I think it's pretty good. Dwayne Schaefer told his boys, he said, boys, y'all don't want to die, die a martyr's death. He said, why just die a little garden, garden variety death like everybody else? You don't want to die. So I, that's, 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 he probably bright about that. But the Bible even talks about those who have been martyred. So don't worry about death. We're victorious over death. It looks like it's won. Has not won. We'll see someday, had not won. Not going to win. Psalm 37, 37. Mark the perfect man, and that again, perfect in Jesus Christ. And behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. You talk about peace. Will's got peace like that. He didn't even dream what it's even like. We have no dream. You've had some peace. We don't know what peace is really like. It's going to be amazing. Total peace. And then over Matthew 25, 46, and Jesus Christ is talking about the, both the righteous and the unrighteous. And so I'll read this verse, talking about the sheep and the goats. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous to life eternal. Hallelujah. Life eternal. Life in this fullest sense. Eternal. We cannot even conceive of that. So I like that, don't you? The death of the righteous. All right, now, we've had several members here, and I, I like that a lot. And I love it. I love a church that's got Bible-reading people in it. 
Sandra herself talked about some of these scriptures. Other people mentioned scriptures, and we'd be there by his bed. So I'll give you a few of those. The Sister Sabrina mentioned this one that I'm going to give you right now. It's over in uh, Psalm 116, verse 15. Psalm 161, verse 15. This is great. Sounds counterintuitive, but it's not. A lot of things are counterintuitive with God. You know what? Oh, friends, this is the true thing. Listen to this carefully. What do you think God thought about when, Christ, when Will died? What do you think the Lord thought about when he died? Was God sorry? Now, we're crying a little bit. The Lord's not crying a bit. What did he think about it? It says here in Psalm 116, For precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Isn't that great? You know why? Because God's bringing them home. We have a song in our book, Gathering Home. Gathering home. God's children are gathering home. God welcomed them. He wants them to be right with them in heaven. He's waiting for you to come there. He'll be glad when you make it. You'll be welcome when you get there. He'll give you a personal welcome like he did Stephen. To welcome home. You're home at last. Precious because the Lord knows their troubles are over forever. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. When I preached David Wallace's funeral, he got killed in a tragic car accident. I remember what I said. I said, what I'm fixing to say is not true of you who are behind. It's not true, but it's true of David. The day he died, the best day of his life. That's the truth. The Bible even says that better is the, is the death than the birth of somebody. Oh, talking about a child of God, of course. Because my friend, when you die, your trouble will be over. Paul said to depart, be the Christ, which is far better. Now, the Lord doesn't give you that urge all the time or you wouldn't be worth anything down here. Sister Patty McAvella, my dear mother-in-law, when she had a, uh, I've got, it might have been Debbie, I've got which child it was, but right as that child was born, she had to hang up the clothes one day when they used to have clotheslines, and she said the Lord came to her so strongly she couldn't even function. She was so rejoicing, she said, now I know why God doesn't let me do that all the time. I can't even take care of my children. My friend, you, so God, so you don't have this urge all the time, but I tell you what I believe, when your time comes, God give you that urge. I think God will say, you're working over now, and maybe in a second, come on home. I'm asking him to do that for me. I don't want to go right now. If I go, fine. God, that's God's call. It'll be great. But I have some more work I'd like to do. And my friend, you ought to feel the same way. You ought to want to work till you draw your last breath. If you've been paralyzed, you can pray. Maybe the best praying you've ever done. Let's don't be lazy. Let's serve God with everything we've got. We get the precious gift of life, my friend. Use it for the glory of God. And then he'll, he'll catch you in his arms and you cross the finish line. Hallelujah. All right. Now, Sister Sandra herself gave me this one. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8. Isn't it good to be there in that room, these saints of God, quoting scriptures? Keeping that Bible, keep reading the Word of God, it'll do you good. It'll feed your soul. It'll make you strong. Use the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Let God be true in every man liar. Thy Word is truth, the Bible says. Thy Word is truth. Okay, I won't read the whole context. It's a great context. I only read one verse, but the context is great. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8. We're confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body. He's present with the Lord. You say, well, Brother Zach, I thought God was always present with you. He is, but not in this special way. Think about that. When you're absent from the body, you're present with the Lord in a profound way that you're not around. 
He's with you now. He promised he'd be with us. He'd never leave us nor forsake us. But when we're absent from the body, in a real powerful way, we'll be present with the Lord. Isn't that great? Will is not in the body anymore. His soul is not in the body anymore. But he's with the Lord. I love that, don't you? He's present with the Lord. We can't imagine what it's like to leave that bed, that old cancer, that old ungodly suffering, his emaciated body, the pain he had, the anguish that he had, gone in an instant, and now he's present with the Lord. What a, what, a, what a victorious entrance he had into the kingdom of Christ. It's amazing. You know why you believe what I'm telling you? If you do believe it, it's because the same truth in this Bible is written in your heart when you're born again. I haven't seen the resurrection, but I have every, I, I don't have no doubt it's going to occur. Not one doubt, not even one step of a doubt. I have no doubt there's a heaven. I have no doubt the saints of God will be there. You Because the truth of this Bible was written in my heart when I was born again. So I say, amen. My, just, it just comes out of me when I read the Word of God. So stay in the Word of God. That's what's kept Saturday going, the Word of God. All right, let's look at Paul about being with the Lord. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. Philippians 1.23. Philippians 1, 23. For I am in a strait betwixt two. I'm in a hard place. I don't know what to do here. Having a desire to depart, be with Christ, which is far better. Now, Paul lived a great life. I, I wish I was a genius like Paul. I'm not a genius at all. Multilingual. Cosmopolitan education. There in Tarsus. Great preacher. Brilliant mind. Started churches. Saw Christ in some visions. But he said, I want you to depart, be the Christ, which is far better. Not just better, far better. We depart, that's what we will do. Now, this one, another one. It's over in Luke 23, 42. You know about this wonderful thing here. My friend, God's going to get everyone, have his elect born again before they leave this world. Sometime between conception and death, every child of God is born again by the Holy Spirit, by the sovereign God. Sometimes young folks, sometimes middle-aged folks, sometimes old folks, sometimes people right before they die. But I tell you, every elect will be born again before they leave this world. Not one of them is going to perish. Aren't you glad about that? His sheep hear his voice. They follow him. None of them shall perish. We're in his hand. So look, the thief on the cross. Think about this now. Just think about this man. He had been a true thief, a true criminal. He, he admitted that. Two thieves. Christ to make it even more shameful, they crucified him between two thieves. And if you'll read the four Gospels and put them together, at one time, on the cross even, right before this guy died, both those thieves were blaspheming the Lord. Both of them were. Isn't that amazing? Both of them were. Then suddenly, one of them changed. He was born again. When he got born again, he knew a lot. I remember hearing a man one time preach a sermon on what the thief of the cross knew. It was profound. Think about this. Here he is next to Jesus Christ. Christ looks awful. They pull the beard out of his face according to Isaiah 50 verse 6. They have whipped him with that horrible scourge. They have put the crown thorn on his precious head. The blood running down everywhere. They have, he's probably got black eyes. They smote him in the face. They spit all over him. And then they crucified him. Put those terrible spikes in his precious hands and feet. It looks like he's gone, doesn't it? It looks like he's really defeated, doesn't it? It looks like he's defeated. That's what the Pharisees thought. We've won this thing. The devil might have thought that. 
He found out pretty quick that he, that he was wrong about that. And so my friend, here this thief, the Lord taught him a bunch, didn't he, regeneration? Because he said, Lord, how did he know he was Lord? This man, this, this man, this, this malefactor that the Romans, I mean the, the, Greek, the Jews said he was a malefactor, this blasphemer that claimed to be God, said then that was blasphemy. But he said, Lord, when you come to your kingdom, what do you mean come to your kingdom? He's on a cross. He died a malefactor's death. This is a disgraceful death. It's a cursed death. Cursed everyone that hangeth on a tree. He said, Lord, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. Now, I bet that old thief was hurting because those crucifixions are a terrible way to go. But I tell you what, I bet the pain just about went away. He said, next precious words. You, you need, take these words to yourself, child of God. Take them to yourself. Here's what Christ said over in Luke 23, 42. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Oh, friend, imagine yourself as that thief, how these words, what they meant to him. Verily, I say unto thee, today, today, you get that? Thou shalt be where? With me in paradise. Isn't that amazing? I bet he didn't even think about the nails anymore. The, the, so, the joy is so great, the pain was minimal. My friend, it'll be that way with you too. We don't know what Will saw that deathbed. There's one time that he was trying to talk and it looked like he had seen something. I didn't talk to him a little bit about that. Was it beautiful? Yes, beautiful. My friend, I believe sometimes God draws that curtain back a little bit, lets us sit beyond a little bit, then we won't go on. Earth's vain shadows flee. You know how that song goes, the last verse of a Bible with me. Heaven's morning breaks and earth's vain shall us flee. In life and death, O oh Lord, abide with me. God will show you enough that you won't go ahead. You don't have to be afraid of death. God will give you dying grace. I promise you that. I'm going to give you the scripture in a minute. Said it. All right. Let me say this, too. I want to say this. When I preached Jim Reynolds' funeral, a dear friend that I love so much, didn't know him for a few years, but God gave me the, the title of good better, and best. I said, Jim, and I said about Will had it good because he's a child of God when he's alive. It was good. Real good to be a child of God. But my brother, when you die, your soul go to be with the Lord. It's better. But as good as Will's got it now, the best is yet to come, the resurrection. Right now, it's better. It was good Better now, but brother, when God raised his body out of the grave, fashioned it like in the glorious body of Jesus Christ, reunites the soul with it, brother, that's the best. Hallelujah, the best. Good, better, and best. Now let me show you about this wonderful promise that God gave us that we have a welcome to heaven. I love this. I just love this scripture, the way it put it. This is over in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 11. I won't get the context again. This is all great context, but I won't get it. But here's what he says. Well, I'll read verse 10. Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligent to make your calling, and let you sure, for if you do these things, you shall never fall. You make it sure to yourself, not to, not to God. The closer you live to God, the more you know you want his elect. If you love him, he first loved you. He chose you in Jesus Christ before the world began. He said, I've loved thee with everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. 
who has saved us and called us in holy calling. Not according to our works, according to your own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Never been a time God people hadn't been loved by him. Incredible, indescribable, but I can't say, have the word to say it. So let's read that again. So you work hard to make your calling election sure. You can't do anything about your salvation. You can do a whole lot about the assurance of your salvation. God won't let you be happy if you're not living right. Child of God, you'll be miserable. I'm glad you're miserable. I'm glad I'm miserable when I don't live right. And God, God, the worst thing can happen to us is lose fellowship with God. We can't lose our salvation when we're children. We can use fellowship with God. Why go to some cheap, tawdry substitute, some counterfeit pleasure, and lose the pleasure of God? You also make it sure to your loved ones. I don't mind one bit preaching Will's funeral because I know where he's at. I preach some funerals, I hope I knew where they're at. My friend, we need to live a life that we prove to each other, to ourselves, that we're God's elect. Therefore, wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you'll never fall. Then, verse 11 here, for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly. I like that abundant entrance. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly to the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Isn't that great? You've got an abundant entrance coming. Abund- I don't know what it'll be like. You know, sometimes people like to throw a surprise birthday party for somebody. I like to see those things. They get a big elaborate party, and uh, then they're just shocked when they come in there, and they just, they're just they so happy. Brother, God's got a party planned for you. It's a coming home party. A good old coming home party. That's, that's the truth. I don't know how it'll be. I can't go as far as the Bible does. I do a lot of speculating sometimes. I'll speculate a little bit right now. Don't take this as gospel, but it's going to be better than this anyway. I wouldn't be surprised if God didn't have a committee lined up to welcome you home. You know, the first time I went to India, it kind of, it kind of got to be ho-hum. People don't get excited about it anymore. The first time I went to India, uh, I come home. Man, they had the whole airport full of people with signs welcoming me. I remember Scarlett had a little bunny suit on. And she reached out to me, hey, pop, pop, pop. I don't think she even talked at that time. But I mean, I was happy. I said, I'm home, man, I'm home. A working, I wouldn't be surprised if God didn't have a working committee waiting for you. Jesus Christ will be there. That's the most important by far. I don't know how it'll be, but it will be an abundant entrance. You'll be home. All right, now I want to read a couple of songs. My friend, I want to die the death of the righteous, don't you? I want to die the death of the righteous. Okay, I'm going to read this song to you. Old brother J. Harvey Daly wrote this, and a good old PB preacher. Oh, call it not death. So listen to me as I read this, please. Oh, call it not. Oh, call it not death, when loved ones depart and leave us in gloom and sadness of heart. And though we have lost, to them it is gain. They've entered their home with Jesus to reign. It would not be right. That's their return and come back to earth. Their race is run. They've left this old world and now are at rest. For they're just for they're just gone to be with the blessed. Alright. Oh, call it not death, but life just, just begun. I like it. The river is past, their work here is done. The spirit set free has reached the blessed shore where sorrow and pain and sin are no more. The place, the, the place uh, our dear Lord had gone to prepare 
is all that the soul could wish over there. To leave this old world of sadness and strife and be with the Lord. Yes, that is real life. Oh, call it not death, but that blessed sleep. It's a sleep, not a soul sleep now. Our bodies are sleeping, not the soul. And never again to wake up and weep. The morning shall come. The body shall rise and meet our dear Lord somewhere in the skies. Then cheer up, dear ones, who sadly do weep. For happy are they, in Jesus they sleep. Yes, they are now free from sickness and strife. Then call it not death, but eternal life. Old preacher knew what he talking about, didn't he? All right, nothing here. We might sing this the last. I don't know what I do whatever you want to do. He's gone. The spotless soul is gone. Y'all love this. I know you love this one. He's gone. The spotless soul is gone. Triumphant to his place above. The prison walls are broken down. The angels speed his swift remove. And shouting on their wings, he flies and goes to rest in paradise. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna to the Lamb of God. Glory, glory, let us sing grateful hallelujah to our King. And we're going to be doing hallelujah too. If you think he's saying good today, pretty good, but it's going to be better here. <laughs> Saved by the merit of his Lord, glory and praise to Christ he gives. He now enjoys the full reward, the joy of heaven he now receives. The life he lived while here below is proof that he's at rest. We don't, that's not work salvation, it's evidence. We know he is saved. By the life he lives. The life he lived while here below is proof that he's at rest, we know. Hosanna, 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 three of them, to the Lord of God, to the Lamb of God. Glory, glory, let us sing grateful praises to our King. Now, let me read you some songs, just virtues, not the whole song, uh, that talk about what happened when a child of God dies. When a child of God dies, now, let's read, let's read this. This is the Near my God of thee. No, this is Jesus pilot me. Aha. When at last I near the shore and the fearful breakers roar, twist me in the peaceful rest, then while leaning on his thy breast, may I hear thee say to me, Fear not, I will pilot thee. I'll probably this afternoon read that song that you don't have to cross Jordan alone. And I have this picture in my mind that gave me a, and y'all did this. Y'all did this, folks. We won't have to cross Jordan alone, but we can walk them up to the bank. I believe the precious saint, Jake Crapple, walked all the way up to the bank. But it's as far as we can go. But God took him across Jordan. And you won't have to cross Jordan alone either. I had my great uncle, George Rushing, a great man of God, a good deacon, a prayer warrior. And he was dying. He was nearly 100 years old. And Gene Thomas was a preacher, one of his sons-in-law. And I'll never forget hearing Uncle Emmett say, Gene, help me die. I can identify with that. And we do help them die. We walk them to the bank, but the Lord's the one who takes them across the bank. All right. He leadeth me. He leadeth me. And when my task on earth is done, when by thy grace the victory's won, in death's cold wave, I will not flee, since God through Jordan leadeth me. Abide with me. Hold thou thy word before my closing eyes. Shine through the gloom and point me to the skies. 
Heaven's morning breaks and earth's vain shall it flee, and life and death, O Lord, abide with me. And then one more. This is the nearby God of thee, I think. I know what it is. Just imagine this now. Or if on joyful wing, cleaving the sky, sun, moon, and stars, upward I fly, still all my song shall be nearer, my God, to thee, nearer to thee. Brethren, let us die, and we will the death of the righteous. And let our last end be like his.